Friday, I hope, and that means it's time to we pick it up. Time for pick it up. Uh, pick it up. Wait, oh, this doesn't. Oh, uh, whoops, my ball dropped out. That's not unusual. I am Frank Hemblin. I am one of your hosts for the Pick of the Buck, Pick of the Buck monthly program, part of the We Talk Game podcast community, and also the giant media ball on the internet telephone, Reverend Charles Goodmuffin. Hello, these bucks are not going to pick themselves. They will not. Actually, today's called Pick of the Book. I forgot about that. Everyone sent in their book with their names in it, and we're going to pick the book. Whoever wins gets money instead of books anyway. Also on the internet phone, Clint. Clint, right? Uh, Yes, yes. Yeah, I I always say cunt. Clint. It's the capital C, capital L. Clint, cunt, cockbirth. May all your births be cockbirths. Indeed. Ouch, by the way. Yeah. Did I mention I was Frank Hamblin, star of Wiggly Time Traveler? Hamblin? I've been misspelling it this whole time? Yeah, what the hell? You didn't ever watch my famous movie? I thought it was a TV show. My famous (laughs) television pilot? Have I? If you don't know about picking a book, what we do here, uh, by the way, uh, today I have a, 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 a Korean fan tube, especially like a K-pop concert. Everyone in the audience has these uh, styrofoam tubes. Sometimes they, they light up. Well, most of the times they light up. And you just wave them. You know, you wave them like a nut, like a swimming noodle. So I have a mini one here. So if you hear me, oh, Jesus. Yeah, there's Don Fennin in the booth. If you hear me whacking my uh, uh, noodle around it's because I'm very excited about whatever we're talking about well, Been- those at the NBA games you know they, they wiggle them behind the, the, the board when the guy's trying to make a foul shot is that like a sport ball game I think I that's a sports that. ball thing they wiggle okay. their noodles in the air to distract the guy who's trying to make the shot with, oh with yeah ball. I've seen that in like a video game I didn't yeah. know what that was I thought they were ready to go swimming it reminds me of the inflatable things that they have at soccer games they beat together. I know it's big in Japan. I think Europe does it, too. Yeah, you clap them, right? Yeah. Clap on the clapper. You know, that was an early commercial I was in. We didn't have the clapper. We had the hooker. Hook on. Hook off. Hook on. Hook off. The hooker. Plug your hooker into anything. Your clock. I thought it was. Never mind. Never mind. It's a hooker. And it had a wire. Your clock? Plug it into your fish aquarium. How did it do with lamps? A shoe. No, no, you didn't put it in. This was because that was copyright infringement. So you had to put it on things like your clock, because you always want your clock to turn off so that... (laughs) 
What about my uh, humidifier? Do you need your humidifier to run constantly? No. Oh, well, if you did, like if you were on some type of inhaler, vaporizer type of thing, you could, that's what you use your hooker for. Ah. Turn that on and off. It's basically a hanger with a three-pronged jack on it that you put in front of uh, the regular plug. If you don't know about picking a book, each month we all send in a book and we write our names on it. And then, uh, and this is what you do at work. First, you get a job. Second, you get a boss. Third, he says it's picking a buck. And fourth, you put your name on a dollar and he puts it in a hat and shuffles it up. And whosever name comes out on a dollar, you get the kitty. You get the whole kitty and caboodle. Then you can go out and buy one of these Korean waving noodles. You buy one of these games we talk about because they're probably like two bucks. This is a show where we talk about console games, which is unusual because Arcade Weekly is, of course, about arcade games. That's right. You got it. So we do that at the end of the show. We pick the buck. Book. Book. And the reason we're saying pick of the book this week is because T.T. Schmootkins, every week she picks the topic, themey thing. She puts a couple words together, and then we have to try to come up with a console game that, or handheld, or VR. That's another thing. The Hulk VR, self-contained tiger unit. It's completely in 3D. Of course, the Hulk is made out of a bunch of gray lines, but hey, 3D. They're getting back to that stuff. They are? Yeah, like the interactive superhero. Have you seen these? Like you wear like the Iron Man thing on your wrist and apparently you'll be able to battle the Mandarin in in your bedroom or something. But I I think it just kind of comes down to pointing it at a figure across the room and like zapping it. I'm not not sure, but it looks like they're trying to do this whole VR virtual toys to life in your room. I I don't know. So it's like a laser tag Tamagotchi or something like that? I I think it might be something like that. I only have Tamagaki, so I don't know. But I do have figs, and originally I had to import them only from Australia because it's the only place that they had them. And figs, the shittiest toy because it's just a statue. So you wouldn't really want to play with it as a, as a toy. But what you do is you sit on your desk and it has a little QR code on it. And you download the Figs app. And then you point your phone at the Superman or Wonder Woman's or uh, Aquaman. I don't know. And then they come to life. And, uh, oh, you know, they fly around and you can make them shoot their eyeball beams and everything like that. It's kind of crazy. And, of course, you could do that for four minutes and then you throw the figs in the garbage or put it on top of a cake. But now in America, in the United States of America, we have mini figs, mini figs. And, of course, Jesus curses the mini figs for not delivering the big figs like Australia, and then they wither and die. Is that not copyright infringement with Lego? Because that's what their little dudes are called as well. They're called F-I-G-Z's? Oh, the Z, I see. They pulled a 90s. Indeed. Clever. And I do have the Wonder Woman figs. I haven't taken her out of the box yet, but it's one of the mini figs. I'd love to get the Australian ones. They're dirt cheap because they didn't move at all. However, shipping is like $20. (laughs) I'm not going to pay $25 to look at Batman look around. You know what I mean? Buy them in bulk. Send them to your friends. Send them to your enemies. Send them back to Australia. I don't know. People mistake them for cake toppings because they, you know, that's all they really do is uh, statue around. Oh, like the the amiibos. 
Oh my God! I, you know, I don't know this amiibo thing, but I don't want to know about it. Let's get in today's today's topic. That TT Schmookin, she used her TT. Uh, I don't know what the fuck it is. Pini Akarai. Yeah, Pini Akarai. Rob thirty six blapper ass thingy. I was a little confused with this. It sounded like she just said the name of a game, so I just played the game. I, I didn't realize it was a theme this week. Well, you better not have fucking played the same game I played. I, I don't know. What did you play? Well, well, I mean, I mean, what was the theme? How about I? How about I move on with the show? Go. You think that, that can happen. Yeah. Let the listener in on things. Yeah, let them. This go. isn't just a thing where we get on the internet phones and just talk to each other out of nowhere. Okay. I'm, <laughs> you got told, son. I'm not, I'm not really yelling at you. I know, I know. This, I is, know. For, this just... is for the benefit of the listener. Me being an asshole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, okay, I'm getting. I'm get, I, I'm just. You are jumping ahead. You're so excited about today's. I and today's I'm, and I'm confused. That's why I'm concerned. Okay. That's well, why I was asking. But TT uh, said that today's topic theme is raisin bar. Raisin bar, of course, about the California raisins. Very famous in the '80s, the California raisins, the claymation version of. The Minstrel Show. <laughs> yes. Great Christmas special. Oh, really? I forgot about that. There, I watch it every year. Unfortunately, they dried up even more and died. Yeah. Now, I think the fix was in on this one, my friends and our listeners and you. Our regular listeners know that along with Vigi Gigi Googie's Tactical Gladiator that I mention constantly and Nobi Bangu Bangu's Ambition, which, by the way, Nobunaga's Ambition, Sphere of Influence, is actually out on the PS4 and Steam. Looks good. So, no more Nobi Bangu Bungie's ambition. Ask your mom, please pick me up. Nobu Bungie Bungus! Bungie Cords Ambition from the KB. Now you can actually play as the famous feudal. Either a general or a shogun or a daimyo yeah. or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, the feudal tactician. Nobunaga? Yeah, Nobunaga. Why not? But I also mentioned another game, Raisin Bar, for the PC Engine. It's spelled R-A-Y-X-A-N-B-E-R, Raisin Bar. And the topic picked by TT was, I'm assuming to imply, games that were named in such a manner to be interpreted in absolutely a different way than the distributor than the distributors would have intent have yeah have ever wanted this name to be interpreted like raisin bar doesn't have anything to do with a spaceship going around shooting aliens oh, sounds like my childhood lunch why not have a raisin bar and shit your pants in school thanks for bringing those memories back right hence a spaceship shooter called raisin bar the only problem here with Raisin Bar is that it's a really shitty game that I would never want to review, let alone ever play again. So I'm going to be going off the board, and I could do that because I'm the host, and I'm going to review da, da, da. Kamapna Company's 1970s Appetite Suppressant Chocolate Bar, AIDS, spelled <laughs> A-Y-D-S, AIDS. AIDS was available not only in the chocolate flavor, but also the popular chocolate mint, very popular with the ladies, butterscotch, that was also poorly named as butter crotch, which I just made that up, peanut butter, and of course, caramel, caramel AIDS. The suppressing agent in AIDS was benzocaine. Essentially, you were eating toothache ointment, and this was supposed to suppress your Taste buds and throat and stomach. I don't know, so that you what? wouldn't be yeah, you wouldn't be hungry anymore. It? Yeah, is it like numbing your stomach so you don't feel hungry? 
uh, cough drops also have benzocaine in them so that you don't cough, so it numbs your throat. Yeah, but I can't imagine that tasting good with chocolate and mint. That's probably what the mint's for, to disguise that. Indeed. And the butter crotch. That really <laughs> disguises it. Of course, in the 80s, profits plummeted because of AIDS, and they plummeted so much by 50% they went down, as a matter of fact. And in a stroke of marketing genius, they changed the name to Diet AIDS. <laughs> and AIDS uh, light. <laughs> For when regular AIDS is just too much. Because the first thing that happens when you get AIDS is, of course, you don't wither down to 80 pounds. Uh, so diet AIDS was a perfect way to promote this. And they fold it. I would see them all the time. And in fact, I purchased them a few times because uh, we had them here at our local Wegmans. Now, I don't know if this was surplus left over from the 80s or what, but uh, it was always funny to, to go. They still have things like Zagnut. Now, Zagnut's not too bizarre, but they still have um, older types of uh, moon cream things. Lavender candy. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, love that. Yeah? Yeah. They never had uh, the spaceships, though. The holy wafers with the little teeth-breaking mini candies in them. No, I don't, I'm not familiar with those. Okay, well, they're they're bubble-shaped like a like a flying saucer. Yeah. Except they're made out of communion wafers, <laughs> and uh, I, which I can't remember the name of that type of uh, paper right now. It's like that, that, that like fake ice cream cone kind of... Yeah, it's the paper. It's used in a lot of um, European candies and things like this. It's a, a UFO shape of that, and then inside of them are jiggly, tiny little pellets of, of sugar-colored candies. So you actually do break your teeth on <laughs> Not quite as much as you break your teeth on corn nuts, but close. Yeah, I was always a fan of, uh, I can't remember the name of it I used to get when I was little, was the gum that had the juice on the inside of it. Not Gushers, that's the fruit snack. It was... Yeah. Uh, bonkers? Was that mm-hmm. it? No, no. It was, no. Squirt. It was the gum that mm-hmm. squirts in your mouth. It was like a little square-shaped uh, mm-hmm. gum. And sure. I always remember when we'd go food shopping, I would always be, I, would, I would get a pack of that gum. That was my treat for being good. I used to eat that all the time, that Bubblicious. Yeah, Bubblicious yeah. with the spider eggs in it. That was... <laughs> <laughs> but, so, but all these are much better options than an AIDS bar. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're a little bit better. Although, um, if you are a listener to my show... Uh, any of my shows and even we talk games i often talk about um, one of my favorite candies the club sandwich which has made a return club sandwich is just a cracker with peanut butter in the middle and chocolate coated now they make uh, white chocolate coated ones as well but they're called club sandwich they're also the the makers of the turkey dinner i think it was (laughs) which was a candy bar no you know there's no meat or turkey in these things but i I believe it was called the turkey dinner and i'm not sure if the same company made it but that unfortunately not brought back but i'm not here to talk about aids although a light-hearted video game program is probably the best place to talk about aids i'm here to talk about 1990s raisin bar i'm gonna bite the bullet by johnny capcom's favorite game company data west I threw a little curve in there, Data West. Indeed, there was a Data West. Famous for the game Raisin Bar. <laughs> I think they made another game that was uh, actually pretty good. Wait, there was a Data West? There was there a really Data was? West, and it wasn't associated with Data East whatsoever. It was a Japanese-only company. Data East, of course, had a uh, U.S. division, but Data West did not. Blowing my mind. Blowing mm. my mind, Frank. I know that we talked about one of their arcade games. I'm going to wave my Korean K-pop noodle right now at Data West because you never heard of it. Now, this game was so shitty 
that it actually had two sequels. The worst, Imho, being Raisin Bar 2, now with even more raisins. And Raisin Bar 3, of course, raisins and nuts. Raisin Bar is, I can best describe it as, a, as an incredibly hard ripoff of both R-Type, which uh, by was uh, Irem, and I think that was probably around 1987, because I had it for the the uh, PC Engine in, what, 88, 89, somewhere around there. And Darius, which I think was before R-Type. I love Darius. Darius by Taito. Originally a three-screen arcade game. Crazy. So when they brought it to... can't remember what system they brought it to, but they actually made it letterbox, except they only made it like a two-screen letterbox because <laughs> they would have made it three-screen. You would have had to use like a magnifying glass to see the, the fucking ship. Darius probably most involved as far as storyline goes, which was my first experience with finding out the spaceship pilot's blood type. I think it had their astrological sign, and I think it had their blood type, and I just would flip for that. I would put the game in only for the attract screen to show my buddies that would come over to show them the character's blood type and then turn the game off. Darius fully realized a wonderful giant enemy battleship approaches siren thing when the boss is going to come, and then it would say the name of the giant fish robot that you would see. If you've never played Darius and you're a shooter fan, I highly recommend it. Yeah, the backgrounds might be kind of simple when you're playing it on your home system. Not a lot of parallax, but you'll have lightning. There are a lot of caves. You're in a cave a lot. But then when you get the siren and the battleship approaching and it says a little blurb about maybe what the battleship can do and then it'll give the name of the battleship and then, you, you know, it's kind of funny because maybe it'll be a giant mecha crab or something and it'll say, uh, demonic claw approaches which didn't get any laughs but uh that was the best i could think of improving if you have trouble finding the original darius i believe there's at least one follow-up darius twin uh mm -hmm. i forget how recent it is but it's might be a little easier to find i think it's on at the earliest playstation 2 yeah, xbox era i think there's at least a dozen darius and you can get the new darius for xbox 360 and other things there's you know three-dimensional ones and i'll tell you what the three-dimensional ones are just as satisfying and i rarely say this are just as satisfying as the 2d i do of course recommend the 2d one of the interesting things that, that you bring up darius twin i might be talking about darius twin on the the turbo graphics when they came out with that it was one of the few dual there were only two dual uh, hue cards that would work both on the pc engine i don't think darius ever came out for the turbo graphics super darius did come out for the super nintendo and although it's yeah. slow like many of the super early super nintendo games would be still very good albeit a little bit slower but the dual hue card game would play regularly in your pc engine but if you put it in your super graphics when you destroyed the giant end fish bosses and they're blowing up and you can shove your spaceship through them you could go all around and be a maniac on the super graphic versions there would be absolutely zero line flicker everything was fucking solid and if you know about early 8-bit and 16-bit games <laughs> if you weren't really learn about flicker buy double dragon for the sega master system you will oh yes love to learn about invisible enemies because <laughs> that's how much flicker is there and you know I specifically bought, I wanted to play Double Dragon so bad, and I specifically did not buy the NES version of it. I bought a Master System, 
the whole master system solely to play Double Dragon. And when I got it home, I could not believe it because the master system was notorious for having a lot less line flicker, if not zero line flicker compared to the NES, which was rate, rate with it. That's not really a real word, but I'm going to say it is. Is that when the enemies are sort of flashing in and out? You don't see them? Yeah. yeah. I remember that a lot in like Mega Man 2, what happens sometimes. And that's because you'll have a line of pixels that can't all exist on the same line so because the pixels are larger you see the enemies parts of them disappear and whatnot oh yeah this is a huge deal you know that uh, Darius would stick together I can't remember the other hue card it might have been I think it was a ninja one doesn't really matter in a spaceship shooter that I'm going to talk about raisin bar you are a spaceship and to go on each game which there were three of these games each called very creatively raisin bar Raisin Bar 2 and Raisin Bar 3. The goal in each game, which most likely was only explained in the instruction manual, is to destroy the oppressive enemy invaders. And at the end of each game, it'll say, you beat the enemy invader, insert name here. (laughs) That's about it. Is it vertical or horizontal? Here's the interesting part. Despite this being a poop shooter, there are some unique aspects to it. Unfortunately, those unique aspects are also pretty shitty. One that isn't shitty is that it is both horizontal, vertical, and uh, all around In uh, Raisin Bar 3, you'll actually do the thing where, well, initially when you start, it's your ship, and it's sort of static, and then you go around your ship fighting enemies and trying to get these uh, space leeches off of your home ship. So the whole background is just black. And your giant spaceship is there and you just go around your thing at your own pace, not pushed around. And then the final enemy boss, spoiler alert, is also inert, but you have to destroy that spaceship. And I love those parts. If you play really good shooters like Gate of Thunder, very good TurboGrafx CD game. Oh, by the way, these are all CD games. Uh, The first Raisin Bar also came out for a system that I own, and I own the game on that as well, which is the FMT. Towns system, so you could play it on FM Towns. <laughs> oh, damn it, FM Towns, very square screen, very squarish because it was a computer, you know, and I have the computer version. I have the actual, well, I have the FM Towns 2, which was less expensive, but this was the first uh, CD ROM quote unquote gaming system, which would have rocked you a thousand or more dollars because it was like having an Apple II, but it featured a lot of hentai style games. That's what it was best known for. Two floppy drive areas, which a lot of games required to floppy drive, but it had near perfect arcade emulation. Splatterhouse, Galaxy Force, Outrun, Space Harrier, you name it. If it was in the arcade at that time, it was probably on the FM Towns. Oh, Death Braid, Kyle's favorite game, Mutant Fighter, was on yes. that. Yes. Oh, yes. Everyone's favorite. That's where I played it, and that's where I liked it, so shut up, everybody. <laughs> It's mostly a horizontal shooter, though, and it's mostly a forced horizontal shooter. Like I said, there are some very unique aspects to it. To me, the first interesting thing that I noticed was that your secondary weapon power-up, because you always have this tiny shit-ass bullet coming out your front, but your secondary power-up, which would be, I don't know, like a flame or a lightning or a ball, you'll have this little circle on screen and it will have a line sticking out of it the line will rotate in four directions. Right, 
down, left, up, clockwise. And depending on when you pick up that circle is the direction which your secondary gimmick will fire. So if you pick it up when it's up, you'll fire up. If you pick it up when it's back, you'll fire back. And then you can probably figure up right and down. This is important because a lot of the stages will have enemies coming out annoyingly in back of you because your ship doesn't turn around. Uh, oh, uh, Robotech, uh, the Robotech game for the uh, Super Nintendo. Really good shooter, not talked about a lot. I can't remember the exact name of it, but Robotech is good enough. Japanese only. And here you're sort of like a Kirby where you could absorb your enemy ship's power and then you'll take on their power characteristics. And I might be incredibly wrong on this, but I think when you fight the boss and because it bounces all around, your ship will change in the direction and to shoot the middle ship. If that isn't true, it doesn't really matter because it's a great shooter. And that's kind of unusual for licensed titles to actually be really good. Uh, in this case, it is. So I would really recommend as shooters... Um, and it's tie-in with Shmup Timber. It's going on over there on the Arcade Weekly. Should be wrapping up, I think. Pick up a Robotech for your home console, your, your Super NES on there. There, then, there, then, there. So this directional thing in the Raisin Bar, mm -hmm. can you pick up multiple ones so you can have it shooting in multiple directions at once, or can you only have it shooting in the one direction you pick up? Wouldn't that be great if you could... <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, like you have blue, red, yellow, and, I, and that might be it. I don't think there's any other color. Oh, green. No, in fact, if you pick up, say you're going blue, and you pick up your blue forward, you're going forward, say you pick up another blue forward, you don't even power up your fucking blue forward. Oh, God. It's one of these games where you mostly are trying to avoid things uh, for the most part. And you have to play that level to figure out which ass you want to shoot out of. Your front stink ass or your back stink ass or whatever. So then if you have a blue forward and you pick up a blue backward, it gets rid of your blue forward and gives you the blue backward? Exactly. That's terrible. It's Like you're saying, you have to avoid the power-ups and the enemies then. Yes. I can see why you're not a fan of this game because that's really terrible. You have no, to that. pick up more of them and that kind of breaks the logic of shmups most of the time or shooters, which is pick up more of the same type and it'll get more powerful. That's exactly. Just, that's the way of things. That, to break that cycle. Mm -mm. That is the canon, my friend. That is gospel. And I'm doing my uh, Korean <laughs> K-pop noodle right now. Yeah, yeah. I'm wiggling my noodle too. Very good. Yuck. The other <laughs> unique feature about this uh, title is the enemy design. While the backgrounds are typical post-apocalyptic Earth, you have a water level, you have a space level, you have underground lava level, um, etc. A cave level. The enemy ships and the bosses are quite unique and they don't look, they don't resemble any type of craft usually associated with a spaceship and if you listen to other programs uh, that wiggly does he'll always talk about his idea and concept of extraterrestrial life extraterrestrial representations and things like this and why can't we get in contact with other people and you know how they're presented in like star trek and things like that where the original klingons were just looked like they were from Puerto Rico or something. They weren't really any different than the people on Enterprise until they got their turtle heads, which, uh, remember that part where Worf says, how come you guys have turtle heads now? And he says, never mention that. <laughs> if you want to kill 
any question about a story plot, that is the way to do it. Yeah, just yeah. have a guy be like, don't bring it up. Yeah, no, yeah. I don't say, oh, we went through the evolution. and <laughs> Just say, well, don't, don't say it. Or, you know, if, if, if someone says they only use 10% of the brain, like the people that write movies about people only using 10% of the brain, don't say that you can fly around and shoot laser beams out your ass because you only use, if you used 100% of the brain, just say it's magic. I don't believe exactly. I don't believe in magic, but if it's a movie, I know that magic doesn't exist. So it, so it's magic. So I'm like cool with that. Don't try to make it science. Yeah, just tell them they like broke the matrix or something. Exactly. They magic. I don't give a shit. Okay. Now, unfortunately, they did actually explain the Klingon thing with a virus or something, but even they, that's been incredibly vague. They still haven't explained it even in the follow up to the all the series in uh, Star Trek Online. They. It's like, oh, uh, they got a disease. Forehead disease. <laughs> okay, I see. They made it with turtles. Space turtles. Yeah. Well, Turtle, you remember the episode where everybody on the ship was devolving, and uh, apparently Clay, uh, Worf was evolved from a lobster? Is that right? Yeah, well, Barclay like devol- uh, devolves into a spider, so God knows what the hell's going on there. Oh, but, that's a great episode. Yeah, that's yeah, a great yeah. episode. Yeah, and uh, Riker devolves into like a, a primate guy. He's almost like a big hairy man who's all caveman, and he's fighting with Worf. And, uh, Are you talking about And then the counselor's fiction? in the bath because she's like part fish or something when she reverts down. Like, you- oh, it's, so, it's such a weird episode. Is this fan fiction? Nope. I no, it's an episode. I missed that episode. Yeah, Lobster a- Wharf is best wharf. Hey, this wasn't on Enterprise, was it? This was- no, Next Generation. <laughs> really? Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, was, it was one of those, like, seasons between three and five filler episodes. Sure, sure. Okay, I'll have to check it out. Well, yeah. it's better than turning in a salt. And then you could get rehydrated. Didn't they rehydrate people in uh, original Star Trek? No, that was the uh, Batman 60s movie. <laughs> That's right. That's when they got rehydrated, but they did get turned into salt in a, in a Star Trek episode. That's right. That's right. And then they, then they were dead. Whoa. Uh, when Wiggly talks about space aliens, it's like, you're thinking too human. Like, they could be fucking dolphins. What the hell does a dolphin need with a radio telescope and shit like that? It's just dolphins around and pl- very happy just being dolphining, you know? Yeah, they, they could oh, be yeah. beyond our perception entirely. I had a uh, great book as a kid where some artists had paired up with physicists and kind of talked about what the environments of different types of planets would have done. And they had like huge floating whale things on gas giants and like a Venus uh, planet. You'd have to be like super hardy, maybe even crystalline or at least like hiding between acid storms. And so it was then everything was illustrated like two page wide, amazing spreads. And Beautiful. It, you'd have like balloon creatures that could float on the temperatures and ride the waves of this to gather different types of foods and stuff like this. So it was really neat to see these alien vehicles and even bosses that, uh, you know, well, in the first one, they're they're really trying to rip off sort of that crabby feel, that uh, fishy feel and stuff like that. But here's the rub with the ships. You'll fight mostly ball looking ships. That instead of looking like some type of, I don't know, organic, techno-symbiotic craft, they just look like a bunch of dried mud balls. <laughs> this brownish ball with cracks in it instead. So, <laughs> so they some kind of primitive race? No, man. This is technology. It's supposed to be, I guess, it's supposed to be Geiger-esque. Like, you know, alien-y thing going on, but with technology. I guess aliens sort of 
technological, isn't it? Or is it all just snakes? It's biotech. It's very organic, but still sleek like technology, like something that's been polished, not just literally visibly, but just polished into the ultimate, albeit weirdest way it could possibly be. That's Giger's uh, aesthetic. Genetic engineering. Uh Uh-huh. Before Alien came out, he was most well known for his women, women faces, nude faces. And what comes to mind immediately is Metropolis and the robot uh, woman from Metropolis, whose name escapes me. Anyone? I'm going to go with Robot Lady. Robot Lady? Yeah, that's, I believe that was her name, Robot Lady. It, it, it was a German name. I remember that. But it was. narrowed down. <laughs> but so that's what his stuff looked like. It looked like uh, Metropolis with snakes all going around it. So I think they were shooting for that, but... They came up really short, and they did not use the full power of the TurboGrafx-16, or the PC Engine, if you will. So it looks like a pixely mess where it's very hard to discern what are your bullets, what are their bullets, and what is a ship. You know what the boss is, but it's so lackluster, it's, 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 uh, it's sad. So you have that. I'm going to talk about all three games. I promise I wouldn't go long. 40 minutes! 40 minutes! I promised him. Who had 40 minutes in the pool when I said, uh, you put your bets in? I didn't have any other books to bet, so I just had the one I sent in. <laughs> okay. Each game will feature a push level where you have this uh, giant ball of something in back of you. It'll block your backwards range movement, so that pushes you forward and you feel uh, pressured. <laughs> it's like at any other level but it'll have that sometimes it'll be a fireball sometimes it'll be a rock or a water thing or something you know something aquaman through raisin bar one is flat very flat and i think it's a bit easier on fm towns but not really worth the challenge on either system do not play that raisin bar two has more parallax you'll start out in this space construction area so you have some floating girders in front of you you have some floating girders in back of you and i think maybe even a, a world way in the back it's also a fucking impossible game I put this in my PC engine, I sat down, I got through level two, and I said, fuck you, Raisin Bars. And I had to give up on it. Now, I might have made it through this game when I was younger and better at shooters and paid $90 for the game because I was an asshole to import things. And I would call California to whatever game import company that was. And I remember I had to wait for West Coast time to come around when he'd be open. And then I'd call up and I'd always ask for this one guy and he'd give me the skinny on what was coming out. And then, you know, I'd pay... Pay ninety, one hundred and ten dollars for. They were like, I, I got ninety dollars. I, I need raisin bar. <laughs> I need raisin bar too. <laughs> and here's the other thing: you only have three ships. Period. Period. And there's no options on screen. You don't get any select screen. Uh, I want five ships. I want easy mode. No, you get raisin bar two mode, and that's it. You have your three ships, and the stages are divided into three parts. Although you would never know that you reached a checkpoint unless you looked way down there where it said stage five dash ones. All of a sudden, you get to a certain point and say stage five dash two. There's no. Bing, bing. There's no flashing light. There's no nothing except looking down. Once you got to part three, it was just the boss. So, it, you know, it might as well not even have been there. Yeah, so if you, you get more than three lives? Never. And uh, when you died, as long as you were at level two and you had more ships left, you could respawn from part two of uh, 
of stage two or whatever. You can respawn from part two. If you died and you wanted to continue, you would start the entire level over again. Yeah, that's the worst when a, a shooter makes you restart the whole level. I remember years ago, a little guy in the Cockbirth household playing Alpha Mission on NES. Oh, yeah. And always being frustrated because I could barely get past the second level because instead of just dying and continuing, you'd have to start the whole level over again when you Definitely. die. Definitely. And yes, once again, no pattern to the bullets. Never. Worst. Oh. Raisin Bar 3, on the other hand, is the most playable. It's the most polished. You have a lot of parallax. The ship looks nice. Only if you're a shooter completist or a dope. <laughs> like me, that paid the $90 to get uh, Raisin Bar 3 to come to his house. Only play 3. 3 has the best graphics, which will alternate. You'll have one level that will feature this beautiful parallax scrolling that utilizes the PC Engine's longer sprites. It's one thing that they always mention. I think the, the Sega could do 15 by 15s, but the Turbo could do 15 by 30s, and this mattered <laughs> for some reason. But it has a really beautiful uh, scrolling. What was the moon crater moon? Moon crater? Some, some moon uh, shooter that actually came to America for the Turbo Graphics. You just have to look up Moon Turbo Graphics 16. That had phenomenal scrolling. Eh, very average shooter. Not so great, but the graphics are beautiful. They blow you away. And also um, the cartridge version of download, the first download. Very, very nice parallax uh, examples of what the Turbo Graphics 16 to do. And then uh, on the other levels would be a, a flatter, not as much parallax, but it would have that very distinctive PC Engine TurboGrafx-16 pulsating glow palette swap effect. This was very prominent in shooters, also in scary things. If something was pulsating like in Alien Crush or Devil Crush or Devil's Crash, whichever version you play, you'd have these pulsating things. Very much so in Alien Crush. And if you want to talk about Giga Geiger up your gig line, that would be the one that is most Giger like of any game I've ever seen. It's a fantastic pinball table. The only problem is it's poor man scrolling. So when you're on the top and the ball goes to the bottom level of the table, because it's a rectangular table, like a real pinball table, you flash to the bottom. It's not, it doesn't scroll. So poor man scrolling is called you get to the end of the one part and then you flash to the next part. And that's the only thing that you have to get used to. But once you do, man, that is a sweet game. In fact, my stepdad uh, had the Turbo Express. And as you know, the Turbo Express took the Hue cards and it was the same game because the core system of the NEC PC Engine had such a small form factor as they, they went on, they were able to put it in Turbo Express and each it was expensive because each pixel had its own resistor on it. It was, it was crazy, uh, the amount of technology that went into this. And of course, you had the best version of Street Fighter 2. You can play Street Fighter 2 on a portable system. Are you fucking out of your mind? Yes. And the Hue card actually had a bubble in the back for the extra memory that was needed. And because the Turbo Graphics is notorious for only ever having two buttons and a start and select, you use the select button as your low punch or kick and then the one and two as your medium and hard. And then if you wanted to go to your punches you had to hit the start button with your either with your other hand or with the same one and then you had your three buttons across the top for your punches 
Oh yeah, that's the same as the uh, was it Street Fighter Two on uh, Genesis? Since that only had three buttons, you had to hit start to switch between punches and kicks as you were playing. Oh really? Unless you had the fancy six button Genesis right. controller, the fighting controller, the fighting controller. Yeah, which, yeah, because everybody played Street Fighter Two on the Genesis, right? And that was that was the big one. That's true. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm thinking of Mortal Kombat. Okay. Yes. Uh, yeah. That was that was the Mortal Kombat. Everyone knows. Mortal just, Kombat Two, especially, was the big one on the Genesis. Yeah. We Mortal Kombat One kind of got in there with the blood thing, but Mortal Kombat Two was beautiful. On yeah, Mortal Kombat Two and uh, Eternal Champions. And you could play on the Nomad. You could play in Mortal Kombat Two. So that was very similar to the sensation that I had with uh, with Street Fighter Two, except more so with Street Fighter Two because. Because that was, you know, I liked that game much better than than the other. So anyway, you had that uh, that type of uh, pulsating going on in in every other level. There's also an early level on uh, on Raisin Bar Three that features the full background wave effect. Now this was done on a lot of TurboGrafx and NEC games, and very overlooked. You know, every time we had a special guest that was from the gaming industry, they really shit on the TurboGrafx 16, and a lot of people just don't even know about it. But they, they so underestimated it. Maybe it was because Keith Courage came packed in. To me, that's a nice adventure game, but it, it hardly represents... Uh, it has terrible hit detection. You're slidey, and the graphics are poorly animated. Very s- small amount of frames of animation. I just think it's not a very good representation of what the, the TG-16 can do. And neither is China Warrior, and they brought that fucking thing over. But they brought that over to show, hey, look what I could do. I can make uh, Bruce Lee be the size of the entire screen. Of course, yeah, he if, I, if I had known more about the graph, uh, Turbo Graphics slash PC Engine in my youth, I would have really liked it. There's a lot of fantastic games on there, and I don't think a lot of people know it, even to this day. Yeah. There's definitely. a lot of people who don't know how many good games are on there, especially like Devil's Crash, Devil's Crush, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. If, if you're a pinball fan, you have to play that pinball game. Yeah. It's probably the best video pinball ever. And, and Jack- if you could do that portable on the Express, yeah. man, that's, oh, that's, that's fucking sweet. That's why I wanted to mention, when I played Alien Crush on my uh, Turbo Express, my stepdad looked at it and he was like, is, uh, is there oil in there? Is there liquid? Is there oil? He thought, you know, he didn't know I could change games, and he thought that I was playing, like, some type of oil game <laughs> on a system. Because that's how well the, the the uh, first of all, the clarity, and also, except if you played role-playing games, you had a hard time reading the text. But um, the clarity on this and how convincing the pulsating and the pulsations of, of Alien Crush were that he thought it was some type of liquid inside of this uh, thick box. So... Oh. Turbo did a lot of arcade games, and I wouldn't recommend playing the arcade games on there if you could play MAME, because MAME's going to win. But I would recommend their original titles, like Blazing Lasers. Uh, Blazing Lasers, not the most impressive-looking shooter, but really, really good. And another game, and any NES game, would also come out for the PC Engine in Japan, because... That was its main competitor, and the PC Engine beat out the NES, and the PC Engine for a while even beat out the uh, Super Nintendo until they started really filling up the library and definitely crushed the Genesis in Japan. Did very well in America because you had the Maddens and stuff like that, and, of course, a very impressive Altered Beast, which, to me, was impressive, and to a lot of other people. 
<laughs> to a lot of other people, it was impressive as well. I think it was very impressive, but uh, I always remember looking at the Genesis version of that or Genesis version of arcade games and being like, it's not the same. <laughs> it's not as good. Hey, listen, I had a lot of fun playing the Genesis, but I saw the cheat that they did. Any game that they wanted to make look really, really sweet, they just put, put like a, you know, that Gaussian blur. And I can't remember what that is, like two-time eagle. If you're, if you're familiar with early emulators, you had your anti-aliasing. Yeah. If you want to check out some TurboGrafx games, uh, they are still available on the Wii Virtual Console. If you've got a Wii, the store does still work. If you've got a Wii U, you just go into Wii mode and the store works that way. And it's not the greatest library, but you can still you know, pay for them legit. I don't know how much actually goes back to the developers. I don't know how many of the developers still exist at this point, but I know they got the box. They got some of the other uh, shooter and arcade stuff as well. But they also have the CD stuff and you could get the Dracula. Oh yeah, they have the uh, the Japanese version of, what is it? Uh, Dracula, Dracula X. X? That's what we yeah. call it. We call it Dracula X, but I know it has a different name, but oh is my god. Rondo, Rondo of, Blood? of Blood. There you go. Yeah. PC Engine version, I think, is probably my favorite version of, of any Castle that's what got me into Castlevania. I may have uh, crapped on the Genesis a little there, but I'm a big fan of the, the Castlevania on the Genesis where you could be the spear guy. Yeah. Oh, I, I like it. I'm just saying that I don't think you've played it until you played the first realization of what... I mean, that was when the NES had plenty of versions, but I think that was the first where Konami was able to do what they wanted to do with that game. Because you had the German talk in the beginning with their the type of turbo graphics postage stamp and emulation um, animation that you would have etc so you have this wavy effect going on in the background of the one stage which is beautiful and i, I hope you know what i'm talking about they take the, the background and they make it wavy yeah <laughs> but you would not expect that on pc engine games but you have that and that just shows that even though this thing only had an 8-bit processor, but it had a 16-bit graphic processor, some people will say, no, it just had two eights. But I'll stick with the propaganda that the TurboGrafx rep said to me, it doesn't matter the power of the CPU, but it matters the processors that are in line with it. And of course, he would always cite the Intellivision being a 16-bit engine, and thus far, do not play Raisin Bar! Excellent. 55 minutes, so only one hour. Now you guys, take your five minutes to do your games. <laughs> Who would what? like to go next? Reverend Charles Goodmuffin or Clint Cockberth? As I said earlier, I was a little confused. Yeah. She said Raisin Bar, and I thought, okay, well, I guess I could play the California Raisins Adventure, Big Adventure, whatever it is for the, the NES, but she, she definitely didn't say Raisin Bar, but I thought of something close to it. The title of this game Yo Noid. Is if only I wish I played Yonoid on NES actually after I played the game I picked everybody loved that game yeah it wasn't bad no it wasn't and it was like a ninja game in Japan oh in America they just put like a Noid palette over the game and made it all about pizza and that's why Pizza Hut you know is either bankrupt or went bankrupt because they got rid of Noid yeah that was Domino's but yeah 
Was it? They're, Domino's was the oh. Noid, and they uh, they got rid of the Noid because some guy thought the Noid was telling him to kill people and barricaded <laughs> himself into one of their uh, stores in the late 80s, right. 88, 89. Yeah, it's something to laugh about now. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Never. I, mean, I love playing that game. I remember renting that and having a lot of fun in that game. That was a, a decent platformer, cool power-ups and stuff, and then the game at the end of the levels that made no sense... The other thing about the Yonoid uh, mascot is that your mascot is someone that hates pizza. <laughs> yeah, the mascot is the guy who, I guess it's like it's cold pizza. Wasn't that the thing they used to say, too? Like, he makes it so your pizza's cold when it gets delivered. And he's, yeah. he's an asshole who will take the pepperonis off your pizza. <laughs> so avoid him. It's like, why are you telling me about this asshole? He seems to be working for you. He's got right. your colors on. Like, what's, what's up here? Yes. Well, go ahead but, with your game. Sorry. I love being reminded of the Noid. Mm. Who couldn't, ah, what a lovable villain. But so I played a game called Ragnagard. Oh, yes. Because I heard Raisin Bar and I was like, did she say Raisin, Ragnagard? I was like, I thought this was a theme. Okay, I'll guess I'll play the Ragnagard because she certainly didn't say Raisin Bar because that's crazy. <laughs> Raz, uh, Ragnagard, also called Shin Oken in Japan, is a Neo Geo fighting game. Which it sure is. Yeah, it sure is. And uh, this game came out in 1996 and was uh, obviously ponying on the back of the Donkey Kong Country style of pre-rendered 3D graphics made flat to made look like crap and put on a screen. Because <laughs> this game, not very nice looking and also not very good. It actually really annoyed me. It's a Neo Geo game. It's published by SNK. And am I the only one who thinks the difficulty levels in SNK games don't matter? Even if you set it to level one, <laughs> it still just kicks your ass. Like, it doesn't make it any easier. I think level one means that level one will be easier. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, it must, because it's normally on level four. And I was like, okay, let's play this game. It looks interesting. There's some cool characters. There's a whole bunch of different ones. There's uh, actually these two little girls who are twins, who I ended up uh, playing as the most, who are Chi-Chi and Nene, I think are their names. Yes, Chi-Chi and Nene are two little twins you can switch between. But uh, it looks terrible. It's that very early 3D graphics. And then take those crappy early 3D graphics and smush them down to be in this fighting game. And it doesn't it doesn't look good. And the difficulty is ridiculous. Because as I said, Pichichi, Nene, it's on level four. I get all the way to the sixth fight, which is where the computer decides now I'm going to win. Uh -huh. And you're just going to keep pumping quarters in. And unless you're some kind of expert, you're not going to beat me. So I'm like, let's drop it to level one. Let's start over. Second guy is pulling off five plus hit combos on me, <laughs> yeah. taking half of my life and doing super moves. Sure. Maybe the, maybe the level is adjusting your level of resistance and not the level of the computer. That's my problem with fighting games. I don't think they're as smart as people think they are, especially back then. They just are programmed they're to destroy cheap. you. And yeah. then the other problem with this is there is no block damage unless you're hitting them with a special move. Huh. So the computer can just sit there and block the whole time. So everybody is Iceman from Marvel vs. Capcom, too. Was that his thing in that, that he doesn't take damage? Everybody loved Iceman because he had the block of ice in front of him and he didn't take damage. Oh, yeah, that's everyone, apparently. No one takes block damage unless they're getting hit by a special move. There were many fights where the computer would just sit there as I'm trying to hit him and he's just in the corner and the instant I have an opening, boom, it hits. Because yeah. that's something I always realized is the computer doesn't have to input the move like I do. The computer can just say... And I do the move, mm -hmm. which is why fighting a computer can be really cheap and which is why in this it's especially 
especially annoying. Turn down the difficulty whooping my ass. It's on the uh, MVS, also a console game. As we know, we do talk about console games here. So it was also on the console version of the Neo Geo, the AES. It was ported to the Wii Virtual Console exclusively in Japan and also on the Neo Geo CD and the Sega Saturn only in Japan as well. Out of curiosity, uh, the twins, are they on screen at the same time or is it kind of like how they do the swap in for extra characters on more current fighters? Oh, they're on screen at the uh, the same time. One is floating behind the other. Okay. And I think each of them have one different move than the other. The concept just reminded me of it was a dropped character for the fighting game Weapon Lord on the Super Nintendo. Uh, they were going to have a character that was two goblins that were on each other's shoulders that could swap out. They each had different weapons, and the top one would be the one attacking, but it was too intense for the uh, Super Nintendo at the time. It's not quite the same. Yeah, so They got something close-ish to that working yeah, on the Neo Geo. Yeah, she sort of looks like if uh, you just took Rimaruru and you made another palette swap of her and put them next to each other. Rimaruru and Rimaru 2. Yeah, pretty much. That's basically who they are, which drew me to them because Rimaru is my favorite in the uh, Samurai Showdown series. Nakaruru is better. Uh, birds man birds and wolves she's got an ice crystal elemental come on man she'll just birds and wolves those birds and wolves can't survive a freezing cold blast of ice <laughs> is oh, the, wolf, the, the wolf was never as good as poppy which was uh galford's dog that's true that's true because he would yell poppy <laughs> he would and, and the, the dog, dog could set itself face. on fire. Yeah, but yes. I, I like the falcon. Yeah, I forget the falcon's name, but yeah, the falcon was awesome. Because it could pick up Chi-Chi Boo-Boo and <laughs> drop her and get kicked. Yeah. See, Samurai Showdown, great fighting game. This, yeah. not. The first two. Play the yeah. first two. After that, it starts right. getting kind of weird. It gets, yeah, it gets a little outlandish and they add a whole bunch of new characters and make another person who's basically Rimaruru, but it, but it's a guy. And I, I don't know. You would be surprised at how many fighting games there actually are, like Aggressors of Dark Combat. There's ones where you're jumping off balconies and stuff. There's so many Neo Geo fighting games. It, it, yeah. It's a really shocking. And, you know, I'm a, I'm, it's my second favorite system is a Neo yeah. Geo. <laughs> Even to today, I'll run into a game, a fighting game, and that's all. Like, I know every other type of game for it. But I'll run into a fighting game that was for the Neo Geo and be like, what are you talking about? Yeah, and, no, uh, even this, I didn't recognize it. And a lot of uh, pizza places I used to go to always had a, an MVS in it, yeah, you know, because yeah. more bang for their buck. They got four games in one unit. And this was one I never remember seeing back then. And, and obviously for good reason. I'm not sure who System Vision is, but I couldn't find anything on the developer because, A, they probably made just this, but also that's a pretty generic name to have yeah. in this day and age. You look up System Vision on Google and you get a lot of crap that isn't whoever made this game. <laughs> Which, which interestingly, uh, is always confused with another Neo Geo game called Operation Ragnarok. The game's called Ragnagard. Huh. If you're emulating this, it's under Operation Ragnagard. Okay. Which it shouldn't be because that's Operation Ragnarok, also known here in America as Zedblade. Oh, yes. So, like, there's a weird naming thing that happened with this game between it being on systems and then being emulated. Okay. Like, somehow people crossed them and made it Operation Ragnagard instead of just yeah. Ragnagard. And Zenblade is, was one of those things that I didn't know about. There's also Mark of the Wolf. 
And that's yes. Like, yes. That's like a sequel to. I can't remember what it's sure. actually Fatal Fury, which oh. eventually got rolled into King of Fighters. Oh, a lot right, of the characters right, in King of Fighters right. are crossovers from the butt ton of Neo Geo fighting games. That's right, and other stuff that SNK worked on, like Athena from Athena mm. is yeah, in yeah, there. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. yeah. Was, Ralph uh, and uh, what's his name from the the shooter? What was it? What Akari Warriors? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is Egret in uh, King of Fighters or uh, Bin Ten or Ben Ten? I'm really behind on King of Fighters. Yeah, they just announced a new one too, and I was like, "Oh." These okay. are some of the awesome characters in, in Ragnarok. <laughs> There's literally an old guy whose name is Binten, B-I-N-T-E-N, and then a lady with two swords whose name is Benten, <laughs> B-E-N-T-E-N. Get bent N. Yes, yeah, that's what it is. Get, get Benten. Well, that's that sort of fits in with Raisin Bar Ben Ten because Ben Ten is a one of these things kids watch. Yeah, and kids love to eat uh, Quaker Chewy Raisin Bars. They do. Yeah, and, and Goku's in this game. And kids oh, love Goku. Cookie. Yeah, Did, which uh, they, they call him Son Goku. Like when when the oh, when, wow. when he jumps on the screen, it actually says Son Goku. And, you know, he has he's a level with monkeys in the background. He's got yeah. a power pole. But oh. his name on the screen is spelled Goku, G-O-K-U-U. Oh, weird. I don't know if that was like a copyright thing in Which 96 it where they're be. like, it's no, it's a proper monkey God name. Yeah. They, they spell it differently on the screen than how the computer says his name. So that reminds me of Kabuki clash. That was another one that that even had a sequel. And then of course you had the galaxy. F- it wasn't galaxy fight. Was it? Maybe it was that had a sequel. Just, Tons, shit tons of fighting games for the Neo Geo. Were the World Heroes, were those? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. The World Heroes got some crossover to King of Fighters eventually as well. Yes. I loved World Heroes. Everybody, you know, poops on as a fighting game. But uh, World Heroes 2. And then see, then they had World Heroes Jet, which was really just World Heroes 2, except they had a little bit faster. They had Fatal Fury Special. I think those were a little bit different. Oh, that's, you know, speaking of jumping in the background like you do in Fatal Fury 2, that does remind me there was one more interesting thing uh, of a boss on Raisin Bar. And the one boss would shoot regular balls at you uh, while you were trying to dodge his balls. (laughs) But then he would shoot this one green ball that would just get smaller. And what it was doing, it was going into the background and then it would loop around and then come up from the background to hit you as it got larger. So I had never seen that type of uh, mechanic on a 2D shooter, especially this early, where the boss was shooting at you normally on your same plane, but also shooting a a ball beam into the background and arcing it and then coming out to try to hit you uh, while you're there. Crazy. Yeah, it was neat. Yeah, this this game's not very neat. It sort of looks like that vomity MS paint. It's too colorful. I have to go play Zedblade. I have to go because I... I couldn't remember about it. Definitely play that instead of this because I couldn't get very far at all. There are apparently three bosses in it, Behemoth, Elis, and Lucifer, mm-hmm. the devil himself. Uh, you can play with them with some codes on the character select screen. I, I, I didn't get that far, though. I don't know if I'm going to go back to this. There doesn't seem to be any kind of plot. I'm not sure who any of the characters are supposed to be beyond beyond Goku. It's not very easy to pull off moves. I tried looking some up. There's not a lot of info about this game out there. So <laughs> like you said, there are so many of these uh, Neo Geo fighting games that there's probably at least 20 more I've never even heard of out there right next that you can line up right next to Ragnarok here. So 
I doubt Wikipedia even has like if you probably if you look up a list of Neo Geo games on Wikipedia, it's probably missing a dozen. Oh yeah, and there's I was actually uh, trying to find info on this game via Wikipedia, and then via where they got their external links, the stuff they've cited. Some of those sites are not even there anymore. Uh huh. Sure. So sure. the info was very very uh, scarce on this game. And before we get to Reverend Charlie Goodmuffin, let me just mention, since you brought up Ragnagard, Rangard, Rugby Guard, and all (laughs) those other things, I think uh, somebody mentioned uh, Violent Soldier or something to do with Blood Explosion or something. In Japan, there was a game called Violent Soldier, and it was a shooter. I ended up playing this in between trying to get the taste out of my mouth out of the first Raisin Bar. did come to America as Sinistron. Sinistron, both... Stupid names for a shooter where your spaceship, the main gimmick of this was your spaceship had this like gold beak in front of it. And the gold beak could open to three levels of uh, like mouth opening, although it wasn't a mouth. It's just the front of your ship. And then your bullets would do different things. And that gold thing that was in, in front of the ship could uh, destroy enemies and block damage if you hit it with that ship it would absorb bullets and everything else but really stupid name violent soldier why it's a spaceship it's not a soldier and sinistron kind of neat it's sinister but robotron i don't know and uh, of course valis series did make it here in both the sid of valis i think it was called a chibi version of valis for the genesis and then um i think they released Valus or Valus 2 for the Genesis in America. They released Valus 1 and 2 for the Turbo CD, and Valus 3 came out in Japan. All very shitty games uh, that I loved to play. I always talk about this. I flip my fucking nut off when I got to the end of level 1 on the first of all. Well, first of all, she jumps off a cliff, and of course, her, her schoolgirl clothes come off, and she's Princess Valus or goddess. So that was great for me. And then, uh, well, you don't see anything, but you see, you know, she obviously her clothes rip off. Yeah, but use then you, your imagination. Exactly. Did you did you wiggle your Korean noodle? I did. Right now I'm wiggling it. Um, and back then I wiggled my middle noodle. No, that's dumb. Because who does that really? I guess some people. So uh, you get you get to uh, the end uh, of the first level and you're battling the first boss. And in the background. You can see it, but it's not supposed to be obvious. But it, it's it's the town lit up, pulsating with different colors, and Godzilla is in the middle of this town. Now, he's not moving around and rampaging, but it's his silhouette in the middle of this town, way in the background. But how cool was that and didn't get edited out of the American version like, yeah, like in uh, Shinobi 2. When that came to the States, it had the original Godzilla in it, and then you blew him up, and then he was just a skeleton. Well, then they got shit in trouble with that, so then he started out a skeleton, and that also had Batman in it, but Batman was just flying around like a bat, although he wasn't man-bat, he was he was Batman. And then, for some reason, he turns into Spider-Man, and then when they got shit for that, they had to make him Pink Spider-Guy instead, and who's oh the terminator was also in that but yep. uh, he was a little less terminatory so he didn't have to be modified the terminato terminato they call him yes <laughs> but yeah phantasm soldier is uh, what valis was called in japan phantasm soldier you got me how that's a phantasm i don't know 
Soldier, she's a goddess. I don't know. And that's a game where you could turn into three different people, and each of the three people had a different type of lance or this type of thing. So you would need different people to jump up on certain levels, and each had different magic spells, and you could combine magic gems and shit like that, too. So it's, it's not a good game, but if you like adventures and you like to play as a female goddess character types of magic users, it's worth a shot. I, it's like, I, a, like a Sailor Moon goddess soldier yeah, thing? Yeah, except all the Sailor Moon games really sucked balls. Uh, the arcade beat em up's not that's, terrible. That's different. The uh, side-scrolling adventures by Bandai are all horrible. Yeah, they're well, pretty yeah. bad. You play I mean, them. It's, it's a toy company <laughs> making games. Yeah. It's not, yeah. Once again, tie-in. Not really that good back then. Right. Not really that good. I know those those Power Ranger games were mostly like, just hit the button a bunch, kid, and you'll win. And that's what they were there for. They were there just for the kid to be like, I did it. I, I made the Megazord and beat the Goldar. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, and let, let's not forget Ballistics, which I went ballistic on when, I, when it was mentioned on one of the previous shows, which was just that game where you shot balls at people continuously to try to play hockey soccer with... <sighs> Pong hocker? balls. Yeah, not how I wish it was like hocker, but they called that ballistics for some reason. And I forgot to mention also as well, let's make this show even longer. Um, when we mentioned Devil's Crash or Devil's Crush, Genesis had a version of Devil's Crush, and it was the same game, but it was like stretched and it looked shitty. And the Turbo had much more colors because it had a larger color palette and, and could display uh, more on screen at the same time. I think one of the bonus levels was changed. The thing about these these uh, fantasy-style pinball machines is you actually go into bonus levels. You complete a certain task, you open up a gate, and then you go through there, and then you have to, to uh, do interesting things. So the Devil's Crash for... Uh, Devil's Crush for... Uh, I don't fucking remember. For Genesis, I think that only, yeah, that only came out in Japan not as good and then jackie crush came out for the super nintendo and once again a good pinball game but nothing beats the original tg16 game here's something i just thought about now in devil's crash crush or whatever yeah uh, obviously japanese version superior because you got the, de- the pentagram yes pentagram oh, heck yeah top of the screen hail satan but um, are you fighting against the devil or with the devil? Oh, you're fighting against the devil. That's what I th- that's what I figured because you got to like fight the evil devil lady and turn her into a lizard, you know, yeah. and, and beat up his cultists up there with the pentagram doing some kind of ritual, you know. Yep, the druids, and then there's a skull, and, and you try to blow apart different devilly things. So yes, you're trying to crush crash the devil oh my gosh i forgot to mention (laughs) i I forgot to mention in raisin bar probably the best thing about raisin bar uh, you do not complete a level you not do you do not beat a level it says stage one broken (laughs) and if that's not right it's not going to be another pac-man drinking coffee thing (laughs) (laughs) all right charles good muffin here we go let's wrap it up all right, I went with the uh, whole theme of unpronounceable gibberish, and my entry is something I had trouble wrapping my mouth around as a kid, uh, A, because of statutes, and B, because the disc was too big, but it's a Dreamcast game that I remember staring down several times during the let's clear these out of the goddamn store yeah. era of the Dreamcast's death. I originally thought it uh, was called Pen Pen Tricellion. Oh, Pen Pen Tricellion. 
Yeah. <laughs> but then I thought it was Pen Pen Trisalon. No, there's two eyes in there, but the two eyes are next to each other. And the one looks like an L because they capitalize it, so it's not Trilsalon either. It's Trisalon. This game's fucking weird. <laughs> I love Pen Pen. The gameplay is great, but uh, this was made by General Entertainment Company Limited. I think in Western markets, uh, was it Psygnosis? No, not Psygnosis. That was the owl. I'm thinking Infogrames. The, I'm thinking yeah, of the, there you go. the Rainbow Armadillo. I'm doing my Korean K-pop thing because I love Try Try Yukalon. The game itself Clint is great. Birth. General Entertainment also gave us Godzilla Generations on the Dreamcast and oh. also Godzilla Generations Maximum Impact. And Al- I forget if Alive on the PlayStation actually came out outside of mm. Japan, but it was like a disaster survival thing. I remember seeing at least previews for it, but I don't know if it got a Western release in the end. Anyway, Pen Pen Trisalon. It's a triathlon, except instead of the biking, you're sliding on your belly because you're kind of a penguin, but you're kind of not. They <laughs> took a bunch of penguin-like creatures and like they combine penguins with other animals and it's kind of terrifying there's like a penguin octopus and a penguin shark and a penguin walrus and a penguin slut and it's <laughs> it's really baffling why they did all this yes because you can kiss your opponent to slow them down if yeah, i'm remembering like correctly, correctly. I, I don't i didn't play as tina all that much it's a racing game it's a racing yeah. game yeah if you've ever played Sonic R, it's similar to that. It's a foot race game. Oh, okay. And a uh, limited amount of courses, but they kind of change. Whereas in Sonic R, they change the weather and the time of day and stuff. In this one, the difficulty, they throw more stuff in the course. It's moving around more and, and whatnot. Uh, and corners. Yeah. It's not really a tri- triathlon. You know, it's a it's a biathlon. I think you run and swim, right? I don't. No, think no, there is belly sliding as well. But, but the, the controls are the same as the swimming for the belly slide. Oh, okay. So that's where they... I thought... But what about the rifle? They don't do that, though. No rifle. No, that's the biathlon. <laughs> and there's no skiing either. <laughs> I, I, to be honest, I would love a rifle in this game to take out some of these abominations because they're terrifying. Let's just do full-on Penguin Olympics, man. Do all the events. My buddy, my girlfriends, my everybody that I ever played this with, we loved it. And you know what? Because it's split screen, I had mentioned about 3D televisions if you have split screen games, you can turn on the side by side or the top bottom on split screen games. And oh, never mind. That they're not three. Oh no, no. Then you'd be able to play it full screen with your character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You mentioned how yeah, you wear the glasses. The I one think wears the one color. So, the one wears the other. Yeah. And so that would be neat. I'm going to try that with like Mario Kart and stuff like that. Okay, sorry to inter- interrupt your try. That's fine. So, 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 sounds so, pretty sweet. You know what? I even stepped on what you thought the game was called because I love this game so much. <laughs> It's a good game. Like I said, the way they kind of mitigate the whole, you don't have the track and field mashing button thing. No. It kind of keeps the play field even. It's a, more of a rhythm to the parts where you have to do button presses. Like, I think you have to jump on mm-hmm. the running bits, but the swimming and the sliding, it even shows it down at the bottom. It's like hold, then release. Hold, then release. There's a rhythm to it. So you can't just throw the power pad on the floor and bang on the two uh, buttons or anything like that. Right. Use a pencil. Yeah, none of that. None of that shenanigans. No rubber bands, no pencils. No. The thing that sticks out in my mind for me for this was that this is one of the greatest examples of incredibly lazy localization I have ever seen. (laughs) 
between the character names. Like, okay. yeah, some of these make sense. I can't wait to hear this because I never took notice. I had both versions. We'll go through the characters because that's where the lighter explanation of this is. And you kind of need this to realize why the intro attract mode is so bad. Uh, you got Sparky. He's your basic blue penguin looking kid. He goes fast. He has a helmet. Tina, that's the boobed up one because, you know, misogynist, <laughs> sexy penguin times. Um, she's the one that kisses him. You've got Valerie, which probably should have been Valerie, the way the uh, romanization transfers over. Sure. Uh, all V's and B's often get mixed up. She's the hippo one uh, with flowers and stuff and apparently is kind of a bitch, but sticking her nose in other people's business and stuff. Jaw, that is probably accurate. He's the shark one. He's purple. He's angry. Back. That That's the one. The walrus one. Back. <laughs> what? What? It's probably either Buck or uh, yes. like Bark. Or Beck. Yeah, but, bark, bark would make sense because walruses bark. Yeah, but his his deal is he's strong when he gets pissed off. He's the Hulk. Mm-hmm. It could have been Bulk, now that yeah. I think of it. Yeah, again. The Incredible Beck. There you go. He, he has a sick tribal uh, tattoo on his chest, too, for <laughs> yeah. no good goddamn reason. Oh, well, because it was the 90s. Yeah. But um, Sneak, the octopus, that, I don't know what's going on there. That might be accurate. Mr. Bow, that's because <laughs> in Japan, uh, bow or bow is the sound a dog makes. Oh. Or I think it was bow, and but the oh, narrator uh-huh. reads it as bow because uh-huh. white people, that's right. why. He's like a wolf dog thing. But he also wears a hat because dogs do that. And then you've got Hanamizu, which is Japanese for nose water or boogers, <laughs> snot, basically. Like the, the snot drip is yeah. Hanamizu. Gotcha. And that's kind of his thing, but nobody knows exactly what the hell species he is. He's like the gonzo of <laughs> right, the series. Right. Can, now, can you explain to people that don't know? Some people think it's tears. Some people, the, the whole snot bubble, the different types. You have the, the sleeping snot bubble, and then you have a different type of snot bubbles. You're liaison to the Japanese. Uh, I'm looking at my Korean K-pop tube reflected in my Hello Kitty's dome-like head, and it looks very crazy phallic. So I got distracted. But can you like, tell us you know, about boogers? I don't know that much about the like the cultural thing about boogers, but you do have the different types. The sleep bubble, it's usually bubble goes in and out. If you finished Super Mario Brothers 2, you, you know what that's all about. And plenty of other games where characters are sleeping. Little Nemo. Kind of like, yeah, it's like a cute and, and snore thing going on. When, when Bonk gets killed, he does that. Instead of dying, he just goes into a coma. Yeah, <laughs> never to awake again. Right. <laughs> The drip one that dangles there, I know it was uh, Zelda the Wind Waker. There was a kid. It usually implies childishness or uh, youth because snot, snotty brat nose. Because although the kids, uh, unlike the whole implication of the snotty brat kid, the kids with the snot nose thing, they're not usually that bratty in Japan. So, And what about the sweat it's, drop? It's, Sweat drop. Uh, the on sweat the head, drop on the is like frustration or exasperation. That's on the head. As or opposed like to the embarrassment a little bit. Like embarrassment. Like, yeah. yeah, sometimes. Uh, and you usually have like the darkened top half of the face to right, go right. along with that. And then there's the, uh, since we're on the head, the forehead marks, you've got the weird um, the quad slash hashtag thing. Uh-huh. That's uh, always frustration and anger. It's supposed to be like a bulging vein emulated there. I love when their whole face just turns into that. Instead, they don't have eyes and noses or anything anymore. <laughs> their face is just the hashtag 
thing. Yeah, it's basically emoji before emoji were emoji. Right. And of course, the blood squirting out of the nose like Niagara Falls. Oh, yeah, that's that's uh, they can't show boners. So that's <laughs> the blood goes somewhere else, basically. That's what that, that's about. That is you getting aroused and like that. Yeah, there's a, a wonderful arc in uh, one of my favorite animes, One Piece, where uh, a character spends two years on an island full of transvestites <laughs> training to fight so there's no women around and he loves women. Uh-huh. So when they finally make it back to people, they go to this mermaid island and all the mermaids are beautiful and they have a crisis where he's lo- losing so much blood through his nose he needs a blood <laughs> transfusion. Like, it's a real crisis in the show. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, it's nuts. Try, try Isilon and the characters. Weird the Hanamizu was the last yes. one. We I just wanted to explain that because if you watch the intro to it, it seems like they just sat the narrator down and had him talk about the intro as he was watching it. Because first Tina comes up and she's like, you know, give blown kisses to the screen. She's like, oh, beautiful. There's no insight to any of this. And then... um back he's sleeping so he's like oh back he's got a case of the naps but you know watch out when he gets enraged because he gets angry and then falls on sneak and flattens him underwater and then uh, oh sneak he's a joker yeah, nobody knows his tricks because he's looking sly <laughs> he, he just keeps reading he just reads what's going on on screen and tells it back to you and then they get to Hanamizu who holds up a sign that says uh starting soon and there's like some Japanese text that's and the narrator's like, Hanamizu! What? <laughs> and then he's like, ah, oh, but then the, the Pen Pen Triathlon, he doesn't even say it right. This is about to begin! It's it like... That's I don't know, they just found one dude and had him read this stuff and yell occasionally over the matches. That's all there is. That's what I remember about this game, just being that lazy about it. Other than that, though, yeah, the game's great. They've got four courses, three difficulties each. Uh, you got Sweets Land, owned by Mrs. Cream, who's a sexy ice cream cone. <laughs> I don't know if you even, like, combat these or they're just, like, the managers of the different courses. But the designs of the managers I really liked. You got Jungle, run by Unga Pogo. Right, right, so right. racist caricature of <laughs> Jungle Native. <laughs> Toys is owned by Bambi Mask, who's actually a well-dressed, like, doll-like gentleman. Uh, wears the masks um, uh-huh. yeah, masks multiple masks no he only wears one mask and then horror man who's basically a vampire on the horror land that much was cool but you can't really look at the the main characters all that much that and like the representation of them on the game's cover oh yeah uh, <laughs> they are even more terrifying than they are in the actual game i don't know I guess maybe it was inspired by the whole Mario 64 stretching bits thing, but Valerie's eyes are exploding from her head. Pen Pen has, or not Pen Pen, Sparky. Pen Pen is a species. But Sparky uh, has teeth. Yeah. I don't know if he has those in the main <laughs> game. I don't know. I don't know. It's really baffling, but if you have a Dreamcast, you can probably track it down pretty cheap, and it's it's worth a spin. Like I said, fun game. Supports multiplayer. Pretty straightforward. It's... 98 is when it came out originally, so it was a release title in the U.S. Dreamcast yeah, Day, 99.99, yeah. never forget. But yeah, so it's early on. There wasn't that much. It's worth it's worth checking out. It just, makes me think like is the whole game just based on like the penguin level in Mario? Like just like is there like downhill belly racing kind of like that? There is downhill belly racing. Yes, it's uh, that may okay. have been entirely where that came from. I didn't even yeah. think about that. But that's yeah. what I was thinking. Like it just—that's immediately what popped into my head because I, you know, big Dreamcast fan, but never had played Pen Pen 
trade a salon. I think it was just, just call it pen pen because in yeah. Europe they were like, you know what? Everyone's confused by this. We're going to drop the subtitle. It, it makes sense in the Japanese because it is try suron and you know it reads easier in a Japanese alphabet than putting an I next to an I. Yeah. But yeah, Europe was just like, it's, it's pen pen. Just buy this. And uh, uh, there might have been like five Neon Genesis and Evangelion fans who were a little pissed off. But <laughs> I don't think it copies off anything, to be honest with you. Saturn had weird, wacky Olympic-style games that, of course, got fucking bastardized when they came over here. But things that were actually charming, like a person with an afro had to be either cut from the game or, or bastardized. These were all, like, larger-than-life characters. There was nothing offensive about it. And yeah, I they were caricatures. Yeah, and I can't remember what the... But then, you know, when... Uh, Jesus, I can't remember that great boxing game. That, uh, ready, uh, yeah, Ready to Rumble. Yeah, Ready yes. to Rumble, yep. Ready to Rumble 2. When those came out, then it was fine. But at the time of the Saturn, well, we, you know, it was poo-pooed on. No, so, because cause we made it here in America. <laughs> right. It's not racist. <laughs> Gotcha, America. We're already racist, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> right. It's our own racism. Exactly. We own this. We exactly. don't need any of your Japanese racism, okay? <laughs> We're racist against other racists. <laughs> you don't do racism right. I think they've always been into the wacky sports and, well, a lot of animal things. Yeah, Absolutely, I mean, even yeah. go all the way back to, like, uh, caveman games, like, kind of thing, you know? Yeah, but no. Yeah, <laughs> there was another series. I'm saying I Sega seeing, did. <laughs> there was another series I remember seeing, uh, like teasers for. Forget the name of it, but it was a penguin. And he had like a ghost friend. I think maybe a snowman friend. It was like Super Nintendo, <sighs> Turbo Graphics era. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Kickle, Kickle Cubicle, right? The, those were like little Eskimo dudes. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, sorry, Inuits uh, or maybe Aleutians. I don't know. But um, kid, kid. Cool yeah, they were like man. they were like little pale white guys. Or maybe they're snowmen. I don't know. Snow Bros. Snow Bros was different. These were like the Snow Bros, except they were like more, they were like squash chibi instead of. I, I know this one with the snowmen and. Uh, Hebereke, that's it. Hebereke. Uh, like he had several games. Like the one I remember was Hebereke no Papoon. So they like cute penguins. Sure. That, that, that was definitely a thing that they tied into a lot of the goofy stuff over there. And penguins slide, okay? So. Absolutely. If Mario's sliding, then he's trying to be a penguin. Exactly. You're, you that's know, the penguin level, so. It all ju- it doesn't go back to Mario. It just goes back to penguins it themselves. It does. It does. Penguins were hot. <laughs> I mean, even over here with the you know uh, yeah chili willy yeah the, 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 <laughs> chili the, the, chili willy never went out of style and March of the Penguins, <laughs> the Dancing Penguins movie yeah the Pebble and the Penguin yeah penguin shit you had that. And now here's T.T. Schmootkin setting the premise for next month's We Talk Games Video Power Magazine Pick-A-Buck program using her Pennsylvanian electronic numerical integrator computerized RISC-IEEE 48 Gigaflops Blast Processor Emulator Random Adjective Subject Service Generator also known as the Rosenstein's Information Technology and Enriched Elbow Macaroni We Talk Games Committee for Podcast Conformity and Listener Integration Pini Akarai Rock Bob 48 Blabberass G2000. Bigfoot by Nico Kachawa. Hello, my name is Titish Kmutkins, setting the premise of next month's We Talk Games, Video Power Magazine, Pick a Debug, Program. 
Using my Pennsylvanian electronic numerical integrator computerized RISC-I triple gigaflops, blast processor emulator and an adjective, subject service generator, also known as, the Rosenstein's information technology and enriched elbow macaroni, we talk games, committee for podcast conformity and listener integration, P, me, Akari, Rob, 48, Blapparas, G2000. Next month's premise will be Smashing Dumpkins. Oh, all right, now comes the time of the show where we pick up the book. Let me get my books out. Okay. I sent a golden book. No, oh, okay, here it is. Uh, oh, wait. Ow. Okay, we got uh, The End of Biblical Studies, Golden Book, I Love My Puppy, and we got The New Layman's Parallel Bible. All very relevant to one another. Okay, I'm shuffling the books, and while we shuffle the books, Clint, why don't you tell everybody about how to find out about this program? Well, you can find all about the We Talk Games a family of programs at wetalkgames.com. Our buddies over at Arcade Weekly are weekly reviewing arcade games. Right now, we're at the end of Shmuptember. Give it a listen. wetalkgames.com, at wetalkgames on Twitter. We're also part of Giant Media Ball. We are. At Giant yeah. Media. We, we are. Didn't you know, Frank? Everything's good on there. Everything's good on there. A whole big old bunch of shows. Whatever your interest is, there's a show for it on the Giant Media Ball. I like it. Yeah. No, no fleas. No fleas at all. Zero fleas, friends. Zero fleas. It's got something for everybody and nothing for nobody. Mm-hmm. All right. I think these are shuffled well enough. <laughs> Let me just put them down on the table. Or... Very good. It's like an <laughs> earthquake. Now I have to turn to page 56 to see who won. Wiggly! Wiggly <sighs> won the books. How do you like that? I think these are his books. It doesn't really matter. Hey, everybody. I hope that you liked uh, uh, this show. I hope you won the bet on how many minutes I would actually do when uh, I said I would do 10 minutes. But a lot of fun things talked about, a lot of shitty games, a lot of great games. One game that I want to play, the other ones that I don't. Don't play Ragnarok. No, but I will play Zed Blade, and I will, of course, be busting out. Try, try, try penicillin. Penicillin. <laughs> I was going to say penetricillin, but that just sounds dirty. Penicillin's great. Pen- Penetricillin. Yeah. Oh. Uh, I want me to play pen, 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 pen. <laughs> try, tr- try, try, try penicillin. Jesus Christ, it wasn't worth the trip. Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Friday's next month, and then we pick it up. Pick your box.